how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to episode 459, where I sit down with Michael J. White, the star of Outlaw Johnny Black, Spawn, and Black Dynamite, among many others. He's also been on shows like Martin, NYPD Blue, CSI, and played legendary boxer Mike Tyson in HBO film Tyson. He's currently the star and director of Outlaw Johnny Black. The plot reads, hell-bent on avenging the death of his father, Johnny Black vows to gun down Brett Clayton and becomes a wanted man in the process. This interview is a special part of the documentary I'm working on called Daredevil Society, a series about the history of stunt performers. You can learn a little bit more at the end of the interview or lean or log on to daredevilsociety.com and click the link in the bio. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Michael J. White. The martial arts is a little bit um, separate from it. I just, actually before that, as a third and fourth grader, I was put on puppet shows for the class. When I was 10 years old, I shot my own little Super 8 movies and would splice them on my own, even though nobody taught me about editing. I just kind of did it. And so it's kind of like, it's like weird. And you, you, know, you grow up and you get sophisticated and you say, you know, you, you're told what you should be doing and, you know, become a school teacher and everything else. But then I deep down, I wanted to, you know, go out for TV shows and commercials. And I naturally went right back into that that kid doing puppet shows. <laughs> and here I am. It's my rosebud you know, moment of, uh, you know, Citizen Kane, you know, affair. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I just naturally found my um, inclination, the thing that I was supposed to be doing which is this, um, the martial arts help because it's really something that teaches you discipline and, and, and strengthens your will. So with the martial arts, it enhances anything I pit, pit myself against. So that, that's where those, those meet. But I didn't start out as a martial artist to get into film. I started out as an actor first quite on purpose, didn't want to foray into martial arts until I was established as an actor with movies like, the you know, Tyson, Mike Tyson's story and Spawn and those type of things. What did you learn? I know um, around that or after that time, you started working with Tyler Perry and you've obviously worked in big studio films. I like I love his approach of like, I'm going to get these things made. And now he has his own studio. What were some things you learned from him about the business of filmmaking, television making? Well, one thing I really learned from him is uh, is to serve your audience, and if you do that well, they will they will be there for you. And also, I, I love the fact that Tyler, you know, we 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 are very so we were quite close early on, and I, I knew Tyler before he was really Tyler. And one thing that we we had in common is that this alchemy of being able to, to, to get your messages across. 
what he did with the Medea character, and is you know is this um, this uh, uh, outlandish character that he played, but what would come out of the mouth of that character was some of the most poignant messaging that we ever had, and so that that alchemy is something that I always wanted to accomplish, and then. I try to do that with this movie. Yeah, we can we can laugh and we can we can uh, you know be entertained by the action and everything else. But yeah, there's a message there that I I want to share with people: the message of redemption and forgiveness. Hmm. And I'm really happy that people are receiving that message. A lot of people who see you now, you kind of mentioned before you were acting, and then then the martial arts came about. But they just see you as this multi hyphenate writer, director, actor, martial arts, everything. Would you advise people coming up to kind of, it is a good idea to wear multiple hats, but to be really efficient at, at one at a time first? Or how do you think about that? Well, for me, I don't have a choice because that's really who I am. Uh, I'm, I've never, you know, like I was talking recently about this comedian that uh, I was at a comedy uh, show and this comedian called me Denzel Van Schwarzenhart. <laughs> because you know of these different uh, accolades, I, I guess that he, he felt. But yeah, um, I'm kind of—I've always been a, a walking dichotomy, anyway. And like, it's just—I'm um, very been very eclectic my entire life. But that works in this realm. So uh, directing is quite natural for me. Uh, problem solving, uh, uh, being able to relate to everyone and. And um, and you know, being a, being that I was a former school teacher and an acting coach, there's ways in which there's there's skills of being able to communicate with with everyone mm -hmm. and getting everybody on the on the right page. So I wouldn't advise anyone to direct for the sake of directing. I think that's a mistake. Uh, or to write for the sake of writing. I do think it's great for you to do it as an exercise, so you you understand. The perspective of, of other, others, and just like in life, everybody should walk in each other's footsteps, and I think that's what great movie making and storytelling is about. But as far as as a uh, a, a job, I I would urge people to never be ego driven. Uh, just you know, to just want to do something just because you just want to add that to your your ego. Um, if it's really within you, if you have a story to tell, then damn it, be a storyteller. But hopefully you have a story that will benefit others because really the truth of the matter is we're we're put on this earth as servants. You know, if you're telling a story, you're a servant. You shouldn't be serving yourself, you should be serving others. And uh, I feel that that's the right place to be um, coming from. Uh, the fact that I feel that ultimately that's what I do as an entertainer. I'm here to serve my public. I'm here to serve entertainment and some messaging because uh, that's within me to do so. Were you ever pigeonholed early in your career to go down like a more singular path in terms of like what genre or movie or anything like that? How did you kind of go against that? Always, I mean, throughout my entire life, that that's 
that's natural. I don't I don't hate on people who want to pigeonhole me. That's just what that's that's just what they do. People are you know surprised that wait a minute you 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 uh, you do martial arts at this level. You write at this level. I've written. I've written for years, you know, com comic. I've written sketches for my comedian friends. Uh, you know, you do that. You you play the piano, like it's it 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 surprises people. But I can't let their, uh, I guess, you know, perceived limitations of who I am define me. That just only shows the limitations of their thinking. But so it, it's it's so. I, I don't you know like I said I don't get I don't get mad at that uh it's it's a just a natural human thing to do mm. until I show to you that you know I'm I'm something that you might not have thought you know there's a assigned imagery that we all dealing with and I think in this day and age it, it it's a it's a good time to really show that um we are not just you know what we present maybe there's you know depth to to each person and we shouldn't necessarily pigeonhole but you know i mean you know i, I as long as i get a chance to present who i am other people are going to get it and so other people are not so martial artists are known for being disciplined but where did that originally come from everything you just said piano comedy writing those all their disciplines where did that, that come from your parents or growing up or where did you kind of start to understand that you were maybe more disciplined than others? I, a lot I owe to martial arts because it's really about, I mean, overcoming obstacles. And your biggest obstacle in your life is yourself. So with that self-discipline, you could pretty much accomplish anything. So the fact that I've never directed or been on a Western set doesn't mean I won't be able to do that. It's just a matter of being disciplined and learning everything I need to learn to be able to do that. Where did you where did you start to for that ex example uh, for Outlaw Johnny Black? Did you? I'm sure you watch plenty of westerns. You talk to other directors. Where did you kind of start to like find your footing in that genre as a director and a writer? Well, I always want to tell layered stories, and this story was. Um, the gestation of it was of uh, uh, um, something that you might re resonate with. Um, it's called a Black Wall Street or you know, the story of Greenwood, where there were several towns like Greenwood uh, that was uh, informed, you know, that became uh, Tulsa. That you know, these thriving towns that uh, be became um, overrun by, you know, by basically terrorists who wanted to pillage the town for for their own you you know their own use, but it's this is kind of a Greenwood story but told with a twist. So um, that's where it kind of started, and I wanted to I wanted to do this this story and, and and present this movie that was reminiscent of the movies I saw growing up that that. Harry Belafonte and Sidney Poitier is you would star in that made made me feel uplifted by the end of it. There was the storytelling of the 70s and especially the westerns. It's something that I, I have a great fondness for. 
And I wanted to do that yet again for the audiences like that are my age and older and also the 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 young audience and for them to kind of get the same tapestry that I experienced. Even the same sound sounds and music and all that type of stuff of that genre. So I I, I really wanted to relive that and and present that uh in this story and 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 actually have have some something poignant to say as well. What are your thoughts about where the genre has gone? Is it just that uh, most people just believe that Westerns kind of those stories have moved into sci-fi and superhero. Do you kind of see the, um, do you see the Western maybe coming back a little bit? Well, I see them done in, in my opinion, some done well and some not. Hmm. And I think a lot of the uh, detriment to, and in the failure of a number of Westerns that I, I, I I've seen was that, um, Westerns ultimately are going to be held up to a standard of the old days mm-hmm. when men were made of something completely different. <laughs> I, I tell you, you can't put up a, a Lee Van Cleef or Charles Bronson with some of the some of the celebrities or nowadays who feel like they just stepped out of a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So sometimes. Um, I mean, it, it shows very clear when an actor doesn't come from a a a, uh, a depth mm-hmm. that the actors of that time period came from. I mean, we we had men who, <laughs> you yeah. know, went through like lately Mormon was in the war and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's why I cast people who gave you that timeless kind of quality like when you as soon as you see a randy couture you know that guy's been through something you know he doesn't even have to act you just on screen every every frame you know that's that's a guy who can stand up in western times cowboy cerrone uh glenn turman and economi rose everybody there has that timeless quality without that you lose your audience that's that that's my feeling you see a different discipline on set with those actors that are maybe more known for their athleticism to some degree. Do you see a difference in the way that they present themselves and arrive early and things like that? Well, absolutely. Yeah. You, you can't like when you're, when your eyes are that big on the screen and you know, your physicality is it, there's a lot of judgments that happen immediately. And, and, and it helps when you have somebody that just embodies the same qualities that we're used to seeing. And I, I, I feel like Westerns really, that's the, they were the nucleus of what Hollywood is today. And a lot of movies nowadays are just Westerns done in a different way. I mean, our, our heroes were defined by that. Even when we, when we talk about a shot from the waist up, that's, that's a cowboy shot. Well, from the thigh up, you know, to where you would see the guns that's a, that's called a, a cowboy shot mm-hmm. you know so it, it's it's so part of our lineage and um i feel that there's there's been some great westerns like like old henry that's just amazing that that you know you like that kind that movie when you do it right it's like some of the best movie making to me some of my favorite 
So it's like when it's done right, when you got the undisputed, I mean, I'm not undisputed, you got the Unforgivens and the old Henrys. I mean, how do you compete with those? So you mentioned, I think, both serving the audience and serving the story. Um, how much do you think about like young black audiences watching your work today? Is that something that goes into your mind or is it more like, how do you think about that as opposed to some other films? Well, when you said a young black audience, yeah, that, that I I I think think that audience comes along with it. But I it, I I tell stories that I I mean to be universal. Yes, a young black audience is going to extract a bit more because they're seeing an image like me that they can see themselves as. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's the universality of the story that, to me, speaks volumes, right? Because. I, I want somebody in Istanbul to be able to look at the movie, not understand the word, but understand everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately the kind of storytelling I want to I want to have. That the the things that when it is translated in other languages, that there's a universal language that everybody understands. We just got a few minutes left. I'm actually working on my first documentary now. I'm working on a documentary about the history of stunt performers in film. Do you have anything to say about this? The fact that there's not, there's still not an Oscar category. It's still somewhat overlooked. Uh, any thoughts on on stunts and action work in films? Yeah, I, I really haven't delved deep. I've heard this argument for a while, but I, 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 I would, I would give it a disservice if I did not really delve deep into every nuance of that argument. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I understand from one side being that. I'm very connected with um, uh, with with my stunt world and and, and family. Uh, I just I, I don't jump into anything unless I really investigate the mm-hmm. the far reaches of the other side. Mm-hmm. So you know, so I got I, you know in this movie is it I had stunt royalty on this movie. If you know Terry Leonard's probably. The greatest living Western stunt coordinator, you know, in Hollywood. And that was a man who he, he and Pete, Pete Antico, because of them, we we got the the cream of the crop of stunt performer in this movie. So, I mean, that's something I'm, I'm super proud of. And uh, if anybody deserves a, a an Oscar for that, I mean... Terry Leonard, if you if anybody wants to research who this man is, mm-hmm. I mean you've seen him. <laughs> That's the guy doing the famous stunt in in uh, in Indiana Jones. That's climbing under the car and coming around and and doing that. And he's done just amazing stuff. So he'd be in the in the running for the first stunt Oscar. Mm-hmm. So you know that I do know. Is there anything different you do with that in mind, uh, action and stunts, just in regards of like fighting for more days? Because we we kind of know that the more time you have, the better it looks, the safer it is, the better the fights may be. Anything like that that comes into your mind as a director? Well, luckily with this, with this film, I, I was we had such amazing talent, and so basically you just plug them in and go. So I wanted to make sure. I mean, I knew the action and the stunt because we, you know, we had basically every stunt performer was a stunt coordinator. Just like with Black Dynamite, the same scenario was. It's it's just like, like if all my 
friends were musicians, the music would be off the chain. So the stunts <laughs> were, that's like, the, that's my family there. So that I knew was going to take care of itself. And so I had to concentrate in the storytelling and the other elements that were not, you know, given. Uh, any other advice for young actors trying to break in today and get noticed? Anything that you might pass along? Well, I, I encourage just learning as much as you can from every department. Uh, a lot of people, like some, it's a lot of my actors, uh, my young actors think of the world from just an acting standpoint. I, I, I encourage them to look at things from a producer standpoint or a director standpoint and figure out why create the reason why this director or producer would want to cast you, you know, and um, write. Even if you don't want to be a writer, go through the exercise of writing. And so you respect on why those those words are on that page in the way in the ratio that they're in, you know, to to understand. So it's a, it's kind of like an overall thing of life. This respect others and have empathy for other people like walk in their shoes and you know i have a philosophy it's like i want to prove my opposition right before proving them wrong because every time i'm wrong i learn something and what a great life it is to keep you know amassing knowledge right and you know, nowadays we we tend to you know kind of you know have our bully pulpit of people who think just like us and that just limits us to such a degree. And that's kind of really why I even make this movie. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's it's about learning, you know, learning from each other. And, you know, we we're more alike than we are dissimilar. And, and uh, you know, and kind of, I don't know, it, it doesn't behoove us to hold on to uh, the negatives that, that that um, seem, seems to be so prevalent these days and the division that we, we have. And so I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be presenting a movie like this at this day and age. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach and learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's a digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.